Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined myself, Paul, Joe, and Lauren, as together we restlessly seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy and mixed up world. And uh, one of the things I find about American culture that's very different than perhaps some other cultures, Middle Eastern, even some European cultures, is that we're very individualistic. Are we not? Like we, you know, especially if you go to New York City, like people don't look at each other. They don't smile at each other. They just kind of keep to themselves. You know, and I think that that doesn't bode well for the fact that we don't really have a culture of hospitality here. Would you agree? No. No. No, okay, I'm, I'm dead wrong. Right. I would say probably in the New York metro, it's probably not as strong. But, I mean, outside of that, it's pretty... Uh, That'd be a weird place it's to, pretty, to it's, be hospitable. It's, it's, yeah, it's... Host somebody. I don't think wanting to keep to yourself out on the streets means you're not hospitable either. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. So, so I mean, what is hospitality? in, in ter- like Because that, that's a virtue that you see a lot in like other cultures. Being welcoming. Having people, just uh, having an atmosphere where people feel welcome and comfortable hmm. where they are. So there are parts of the country where you've seen that? I mean, have you seen oh, it? Oh, yeah, like, sure. I mean, we're, we live in the New York metro area. I guess, I mean, you live in Cheshire. Was that considered New York metro? No. It wasn't particularly hospitable. <laughs> but, I mean, it was fine. It was, it was normal, I would say. I uh, think our culture is hospitable in this area. Really? Yes. I'm not sure how it isn't. Um, I think it's about, like, welcoming people into your home, like cooking for them, right? <clears throat> Letting people stay over taking care of things if you have visitors and tons of people do that Mm. right have people over and even like i'm just remembering like high school we would do team dinners we'd go to somebody's house they would cook a huge meal for 20 kids like that's hospitality right yeah that's that is hospitality so so it used to be at least in my family um before i was born very much before i was born but my dad grew up in a culture where every sunday there would be a family meal And they didn't, they weren't, that their family wasn't particularly good at organizing who's going to host. And so a lot of times people just show up. Hmm. But everyone knew that they always had to have a meal ready to go at three o'clock on a Sunday or whatever time, because there's always that chance that relatives will show up unannounced. See, that would drive me crazy. And you're ready <laughs> oh with, but you'd, you'd be very, they'd be always hospitable. You'd always have a meal and cake and you'd be ready to go. Um, Wow. To, to be hospitable, and it would always be welcoming. Uh, come on in. Hmm. Yeah, or it would be last minute. You might find out the night before or something. I think the ready. culture has changed in that way. Like, I know my grandparents' house, similar kind of a thing, probably every Sunday. But I think even more than that, my great aunt was always over, you know, and my uh, grandpa's brother was always over. And people would just stop over. It wasn't, you didn't have to call and schedule a visit. Right? Mm-hmm. People just came over and you would sit around and they'd smoke and eat and drink their coffee, spend the whole afternoon. But I don't know, culture has changed, right? Like yeah. my mom's yeah, one of four kids. It wasn't about getting the kids to soccer and dance and that's not how they lived back then. Yeah. You know? I would never think of dropping by someone's house unannounced. You can. I don't even call people, people unannounced, never mind go to their home. Yeah, can I please call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, right. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I never go to your house. Now. It's wild. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I mean, I, I always have this, I, I mean, I have a little bit of a, I don't know, scarcity complex maybe. I inherit that from my mother. Sorry, mom. I'll get yelled at for that later. Um, <laughs> but I always have, if anyone stops by at my house, I can always come up with a meal in 30 minutes. Wow. I always have enough food. What's your address again? 
<laughs> I'm not saying that on air. I will tell you after. You're welcome to come over, and I will cook you a meal. I don't know. But I always have that, so I'm always ready. It might not be the most, you know, extravagant meal, but I can do it. I've never okay. heard of this complex. Scarcity complex? <laughs> no. What? Oh, yeah. That's so no, funny no. to me. Well, Paul was actually raised during the Great Depression. So <laughs> it, comes from that. it comes from that. It, it's passed down generations. Well, it's loosely defined. <laughs> yeah. No, I scarcely complex. I don't like running out of things. That's fair enough. That's, I get that's, I get And that's why you as a single man have a Costco membership. Oh, big Costco guy. <laughs> I went to Costco like five times last week. And I do not understand why you need five pounds of ketchup when I you're don't a single buy man. Ketchup at Costco. Well, well, actually to some extent I do always have I buy in bulk because I do cook for people a lot and I do like to have parties and things like that and I like to be hospitable. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, do you have any experiences of when someone has shown you hospi- hospitality? Maybe in a Yes. Thank you. Would you like to? <laughs> Great. You else? We've been doing this for 100 plus episodes. Would you, you ask yes or no questions, you get yes or no answers. Would you kind to, kindly share with us? <laughs> you should have not asked him for Just moved on to somebody else. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah I'm glad to hear it. Lauren, do you have any? Next time, do that. Okay. Uh, I've been over. Yeah, I mean, I've been over. I've been actually, it, it's, to Lauren's point, it is more notable when people aren't hospitable than when they are. Generally, people, I think, if they're put in a position where they must be hospitable, they will be. Okay. At least that I know. But it's not, it might not be their preference. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely depends on the circumstances. I was uh, was having dinner with a family that I know from uh, from Cardinal Kung. The oldest daughter is at college, and she'd fallen in love with this guy. And uh, and the guy, unbeknownst to anybody, including, including the daughter, decided to show up unannounced at Thanksgiving. Knocked on the door of the house, and the parents were like, uh, who are you? What? I'm like, they'd never met before. It was just this mind-blowing experience. It was, they said it was incredibly so awkward that they actually said, um, we're going to call the airline, and you'll get the next ticket back to, to Oh, he Texas. wanted to stay there? He wanted to stay for, stay for the Thanksgiving weekend. And come out, come to all the family family events and everything, and we're, they're like, "Yeah, you're not at that point in the relationship right now <laughs> to be able to oh, do wow. that." So there's that tough balance, right? Because like, because like, hospitality is good, but when do you know if you're being a burden, you know, to the person who's showing you hospitality? Hmm. What is that limit? You know, because if I came I over think, your house so, every night, that would be you know that, that would, would be, be so much. Yeah, that'd be too much. It would be an imposition, right? And I think there's always that line, and and you. I don't know. It, I've been in those situations where you just kind of feel it. It's like, okay, it's time, like either I, it's time for me to go, or it's time for you to go. Like, in, in both <laughs> intuitive. Most of the time, most people, people. Most of yeah. the time, it's mutual. Yes. Yes. Right. And sometimes that just that if you just made it one night shorter, it would have been. For example, I visited friends in Italy. Um, one, the guy, the father is the the husband, whatever, the man is stationed at the <laughs> airbase in in northern Italy, and he's an Air Force. And I was there two nights, and that was the perfect amount of time. Mm. And I love them, and I they tolerate me. So I mean, it, <laughs> tolerate. And and if if it had been one more night, it would have been okay, but it 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 would have been probably too much. Yeah. It just would have crossed that line. And they were very hospitable. We went out to dinner, and we did. We went up to the Dolomites. It was beautiful. Mm. And the Dolomites is one of my bucket list. Right, it's beautiful, and it was great. You know, you basically we had one day together, mass, and then I was out. Nice. Right? Okay. Perfect amount of time. Very hospitable, mutual. It was just, it couldn't have been better. Yeah. Had it been one more night, it would have been better to have two nights instead of three nights. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in college, we used to have people over our dorm a lot to hang out. And when I wanted them to leave, 
I would just take whichever phone was playing music and look up on YouTube the cl- song Closing Time <laughs> and play it really loudly. <laughs> and it became a meme. So people would just, you'd hear all of a sudden Closing Time and everybody would start packing up and leaving. You know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yes. I'm very hospitable. Bedtime, everybody get out. <laughs> That's a little passive aggressive. No, it was okay. fine. I mean, it was fun. I, I, it. I, have a, I have a reputation where I kick people out of my house. I think honesty is the best policy sometimes. Well, that does you know? not sound hospitable. You, well, you at min- when it's like midnight right. and Bedtime. I've served you dinner and you've been over my house five, six hours, it's like, okay, it's over. Thank you for coming. Yeah. yeah and they'll make fun of me and it's I great. I wouldn't do they that. Ex- they expect it. I would stay up as long as they stay. Mm. Sometimes they want to go, but they don't want to be rude. Well, see, that's, that's true they, too. Should, they should be able to tell. But you have to, I think, you have to wait for your guests to want to leave. If you invited them over and you hosted them... No, I'm sorry. Because if you, you push them out the door, in the morning, goodbye. Time to get going. Right? <laughs> thank you for just, thank you for stopping by. A lot it's, of times, in real, it's been I fun. Think, I think with Go a home. lot of people, you have to give them permission as well. Yeah. Right. Some people like there's an awkward situation where where both parties are trying to placate the other party, but they actually don't both don't want to, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And but sometimes it takes one group to like give permission to be like okay. Like, you're free to go now. Yeah. And I don't know. Most of the time what I've found is it's like, oh, thank you. Like, thank you. Yeah. Or like, I'll say like, okay, guys, I think it's time to wrap this up. And they're like, okay, yep, yeah, let's go. Like, we're done. Yep. And it's like, okay. Yep. So then we want, everyone wants to go. But you have to get good, good statements like, you know, it's been such a blessing having you here tonight. Right. Yeah. And sometimes people yeah, will be like, and then sometimes people will be like, yes, can we have another bottle of wine? <laughs> like, no. Then you got to be blunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You have to be conscious, too, of differences <clears throat> in, like, schedules because like, I have a lot of family who don't need to get up early and therefore don't. And, you know, um, <laughs> I um, and I am a seminarian, which means that my alarm goes off at 520 every morning when I'm in seminary. 520? 520. Um, so, like, when I'm home, I'm not getting up at 520, but, like, 7, you know? So, like, if it's 11 o'clock at night and you've been up for pushing 13 hours and I've been up since 7 a.m., like... I don't want to hear oh, oh I don't want to hear oh old man you gotta go to bed yeah I gotta go to bed you gotta call it somewhere like yeah, I mean so you know I think you have to be a little bit aware of that if you know that you're a late night person and you're over if you're at someone's house who goes to bed early like don't make them tell you to leave at midnight just like leave so they can go to sleep yeah and that's a, that's actually a big issue with young adults because young some young adults are night owls and they'll stay up till two in the morning and be totally happy doing it yeah. and some young adults are not night owls you're very good about leaving I've noticed thank you I try yeah, try. I, I want to. I want like that about you. <laughs> <laughs> you always want to. This is the same with homilies. Like you always want to leave somebody wanting more, mm. right? So you, so you leave with enough of like, we'll have to do this again because that was great, you know. Instead yeah. of like you've overstayed your welcome. Yeah. But I, as for me, and and I don't know how you guys deal with this, but like as a priest, you know, a lot of people invite me over, and sometimes my challenge is having the energy. After a long day, especially if you, it's like Sunday afternoon and mm. you sit a lot of masses, and I'm dead tired. And I'm like, man, now I gotta like be a good guest. <laughs> I gotta like have vivacious conversation. I and think be like I think somebody who's hospitable, like very hospitable and kind of in tune to that, wouldn't would still love to have you over, but would be perfectly fine if you were quiet and like I'm fine just watching football on the TV. Sometimes yeah, that's like I the think best that thing to do. And I think that's part of hospitality is knowing that. You're not having guests over for you. You're having guests over for them and you. But yeah, I was saying, it's kind of a mutual. Yeah, it's mutual, but it's you are giving. It is a is it is it is an act of charity to, have, to open ha, that up. Have you guys ever been served something by someone else that you had a hard time eating? Yes. 
I, I once again I asked a yes or no question. My fault. My bad. <laughs> I can't say anything else. But yes, I have. <laughs> you can't say. I know. Yeah. I want to hear the whole story. No, I, there's certain start, start, start with their name, what they served you, and where. And well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it was in this town on this day. No. Um, some of my family that weren't raised in the Italian tradition aren't <laughs> aren't the best at cooking. And I was recently, as in December, I was served something that I was told was so good, and I didn't think it was good at all. I see. And I kept it to myself. And you were keeping it very vague as to what that was that you were served. How much of it did you eat? Uh, Enough where it wasn't rude. There were several varieties of this one thing, and so I was hoping that I'd get to one that was better than the others, and there were some that were better than others. Hope Springs Eternal, I guess. (laughs) What? I hope Springs Eternal, I guess. Might get yeah, better. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was also hungry. It was like cookies or something? <laughs> no, it was um, it was pizza. Oh, pizza. Oh, and, I'm, and I'm very picky. But that's the problem Apparently. is you're very picky. No, but this... Anyway. I found as a, as a priest, one of the best virtues, and this is for Joe to understand, it's like one of the best virtues is to eat everything and like everything. Yeah, I'm not good at that. He ordered his sandwich with, which are very minor, he ordered with no pickles. Yeah. So that was interesting. I don't like pickles. Mm-hmm. To eat pickles if I don't like them. But you know, I'm paying for the meal. You know, I wasn't. But, but all the, I know, you, know <laughs> you pay for the meal. So if you're gonna pay for it, darn pickles, they come if, free. If you're gonna pay for it, I might as well get what I want. You know? Yeah, no, it's fine. No, that's funny. So that's interesting. I, I recall one uh, one extraordinary uh, act of hospitality. I was I was living in Rome for a year to study, mm. and I went hiking with some some buddies from the North American College, and we went through the mountains of Italy, and. Like most countries, when you get outside the big city, you find much more hospitality. Oh, People sure. are much more friendly and, and welcoming. And we were in this tiny little town called Rocca Pietra, just like it's a dry rock, just up in the mountains. And we had not anticipated, it was Palm Sunday. We had not anticipated it being snowy in the mountains because it was warm and balmy in Rome. So we're there in tennis shoes and shorts, you know, camping freezing our tails off right so so we end up you know our shoes are soaked by the time we go over the mountain and into this other town and the people see us with our shoes soaked and freezing and so you know we start talking we say you know where's the trail where's you know can we buy some food or anything and they're like oh come with us come with us and they actually opened up the town hall for us which their town hall was about the size of my maybe my bedroom like you know it's 10 by 10 (laughs) it's really small but they opened it up they put on a heater for us they brought out food and drink and they sat with us as we warmed up for you know a good half hour an hour and then then we went off on our way and i was very touched by that i thought like they don't know us from adam but that's hospitality yeah and i wonder if it's more common especially in america you know in the small towns versus i would say so the big cities yeah so the question for you then is because of that do you find it why is that? Why is it that in big towns we don't practice hospitality? Do we find it hard to trust people? To trust strangers? Like yeah, a lot of times we won't even start a conversation with a stranger in a you know New York City. I mean, I don't live in a big town, um, so I mean, I fi- I think I generally trust people. But if I'm in a, if I'm if I'm visiting a city, even like if I were walking down the street here in Stanford, I probably wouldn't be nearly as friendly as I would be otherwise because I think there is always a sort of thing like now I'm with a bunch of like a lot of people and like this. Somebody here who's not trustworthy, right? Whereas in my hometown, I don't know. I think I generally am trusting of people, right? I don't mm. know. I mean, you also live in a relatively small town. I do, yeah. And and I think because my town is a monolith, you know, economically and socially, and like there's not a diversity. So I kind of know where everyone's coming from. Yeah. Do you think that's an element? I don't know. Do you trust people, Lauren? Like, do you strike up conversations with strangers? Yeah, I think <clears throat> so. Um, 
it just totally varies, I guess, circumstantially what you're doing. But I, it's not like I wouldn't speak to strangers in the store or something. Like it, it does happen. Hmm. Um, and I say hi to people if I walk around my neighborhood or you're, you know, going for a run and you cross another runner, try to smile at them. It's true. Just those touches of humanity. It's actually something I'm trying to get better at now because there are a couple of people in seminary who are just very good at this. They're very good at just like seeing random people, starting a conversation, being friendly. And I, I mean, I'm, I consider myself like a friendly enough person, but I'm not super outgoing in that way. Um, so like I'm friendly with people I know and like I can warm up to people, but not right away. But I'm trying to be better because I now have this pervading fear that I'll like accidentally be rude to somebody and then they'll like see me serving my collar on Sunday and be like, oh, like that seminarian like didn't say hi to me, didn't hold the door for me. So I, I'm trying to be conscious of like now that I'm a seminarian, like I actually have a somewhat public facing thing going on and mm. I can't just like, I have to like, be my comfort, even go out of my comfort zone a little bit to be friendly to people who where maybe I otherwise would be a little more shy. Well, you have a great opportunity to do that next month because Joe's, Joe's about to engage in a, a month of poverty immersion and what that looks like could be different depending on what your assignment you get but you're going to be working hands-on with the poor yeah is that kind of a hard have you ever done anything like that where you've had the opportunity to have conversations with people of a very different socioeconomic background opportunity to sure did i do it when i had the opportunity probably not um think of like high school mission trips right (laughs) um yeah it'll be it'll be a unique experience for sure um It'll also be past tense by the time you're hearing these words. Um, so <laughs> maybe uh, no, maybe um, not, maybe not. <laughs> depends, but, but probably. Um, yeah, it'll be a, a unique experience. I don't know what to expect because um, they haven't told us what to expect. So we'll see you'll have happens. to tell us about it when you come back in the summer. Yeah, we'll, we should do like a whole spiritual year debrief. It's been a lot of kind of interesting experiences. Like I'll do, a, I do a 30-day summer retreat at the end of it. That'll be interesting. wow. So yeah, that would have, be Did you do that? No. Have I'm, you done 30 days? Nope, six days as long as I did. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I um, I used to volunteer <clears throat> back in the day at um, with the CFR sisters in Manhattan in Harlem. They had a soup kitchen that only served Saturday lunch because they mm-hmm. did a research and they found out that Saturday lunch is the least addressed meal of the week. Huh. Like during the week, Monday through Friday, it's easy to find every meal. Sundays, because churches open their doors, it's easy to f- for on Sundays. But Saturday lunch is rare. So they said, okay, well, that's that's our calling. So they do Saturday lunch and they are 100% about hospitality. And and they, they really talk about, they talk a lot about the dignity of the human person. So what they don't do is you don't stand in line at a tray, serving tray and get served your food. Everyone sits down and then the volunteers, like I did this, and the sisters will come around and serve you. Mm. And they welcome you in. And they don't talk about they don't pray or anything in that in when they're eating lunch. It's very much just about like this is where you eat and you can have a conversation and you bring Jesus to them through your service and your smile, essentially. And then they have other opportunities during the, the session for they have rosary going on and other things. But um, and they just it's a hundred percent about hospitality. It's a clean environment, it's welcoming, you know, they kind of screen everybody to make sure no one's like drunk or high or anything like that, because they don't want that. They'll give them food to go, but they won't be allowed in the refractory. So that was a really big education for me on on um, on hospitality. And what you find out is this, when you start engaging with folks in that, and I wasn't particularly good about talking with them, to Joe's point. Um, you, you, you do, to some extent. I was more on the service side. But um, is that even though they come from dire, very different and sometimes dire socioeconomic conditions, the level of conversation that I would overhear these people having was so sophisticated. Really? And that was a big learning thing for me. I'm like, okay, like talk about human dignity and these are people and they're here because they're on hard times or some people they have plenty 
and they just come for the social aspect, which is great. Hmm. Um, and that was a big learning experience for me. It's like, don't, don't assume anything, just be hospitable and you see what happens. Were you able to have conversation with them? Occasionally, yeah. Again, I was more on the service side and we were told like, you can have small conversations, but you really should be focused on like, they didn't want people in there for more than like 15 minutes because some people will stay for the whole hour and a half. Yeah. Right. And you need people to leave so other people can come in. Oh, wow. Um, there would always be one guy and he was from Knights of Columbus and he would always walk up and down the line as people were waiting to get in. And he would talk to every single person, mm. talk to them about Jesus and things. And I was never put on that team, I think, because they knew me. <laughs> <laughs> they know my strengths. Yeah. And again, it's about getting, it's about getting through that day as, as best as possible. You know, a very, very close friend of mine, a <coughs> priest down in Baltimore. Well, actually he joined a, a Carmelite monastery, a cloistered monastery now, but he, uh, Father James Boric, he had started this organization. He was the rector of the, the Basilica in Baltimore itself. And it was one of the toughest neighborhoods, just drug ridden and just absolute poverty. So he started this organization called Source of All Hope. Mm -hmm. And it was much like Christ in the City, which is a big popular thing out in Denver where you, it's like young adults would give up a year or a couple of years in missionary work to the poor. And they would go around and, and it wasn't so much about the physical needs so much as it was really making that human connection. And they would go, just go around, learn the names of the homeless people in the neighborhood, talk to them. Yeah, give them socks and, and toothbrushes and things. But most of all, it's just listening to them on a day-to-day basis. And, and that's what I would, personally, I would find that very difficult, getting out of your comfort zone. Because what do you talk about with someone that has so, such a different background than you? You know, other than the weather, I mean, what, what else? Like I said, how's, you'd be how's you'd, homeless life. I mean, I, you'd be surprised at what at, you'd be surprised at how much you could talk about. That's what I learned. Is that they know what I was surprised. Like the homeless people, and a lot of these people weren't homeless. They were down on their. They were not well off, but they weren't homeless. But yeah. they knew what was going on politically. They knew more about local politics than I've ever known about. Local well, it probably politics. impacted them very. much. It impacts more them than, very much, and so they know their local city council people and their local representatives and all that kind of stuff. They know the laws that are being passed and they actually are quite, there's, they have a lot to talk about and they love, they want to talk about it. They want to talk. They want to tell their story. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes you have to give them an opportunity to do that. So that brings to mind uh, a quote from St. Benedict. He said, let, let every guest be received as Christ. Comment on that. I mean, is that, is that easy to do? How do, we, how do you do that when you have a guest? And how can we be proactive? Because sometimes we sit back and we wait for a guest to reach out to us, or, you know, whatever. But if, you know, if we're true Christians, we should be reaching out and saying, hey, come over to my house. Come over, you know, mm. Let's go get coffee together, whatever. And how do we do that, especially for the people that may be difficult to see as Christ? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, um, yeah, we all have people in our lives who like we have to get together with for once in a while but like we don't really look forward to it we don't really want to um you know we all have those sort of weird yeah. social engagements and um you know maybe you have to record a podcast with them or whatever um but oh, i'm just kidding but uh, but um but it, it, he bought it, you lunch okay but it's but it's good to um do those things like you know like remind you like like this is an opportunity to be loving to somebody and to, and mm-hmm. and to view them as christ like father said and to not um not to be like watching my watching the time the whole time and you know trying to get out of it as fast as you can or like you know really engage with them because it might mean a lot to them even if it's kind of tedious for you. So mm. intentionality matters a lot in these situations. That's an important thing. Not watching the time. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like a pretty compulsive watch checker, so I have to remind myself sometimes. Like as Lauren just watched, watch. she checked her watch. I just <laughs> got a text message. Oh, <laughs> so I, it alerted my. I have a Fitbit. Um, I am thinking, though, while you guys are speaking, 
And I know for myself, if we're having like a larger family gathering, if I wanted to, I could just talk to like my cousins mm. around my age who I really enjoy and get along with. Or I could talk to, you know, Adrian, who is my grandma who died 24 years ago, best friend, and she still comes to all her stuff. And I do like talking to her. It's not as if I don't, but I could choose to spend the entire party just talking to my cousins my age, right? And uh, we recently had an engagement party for my brother, and I didn't get to talk oh, to her. Oh, congratulations. I didn't know he was engaged. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, just by circumstance of how that party went, um, and we're also meeting Kim's family. Um, and so at the end of it, right, she's like, good to see you. We didn't get to talk. And then she came over to my parents on Christmas Day, so... I was like, we have to talk, right? And yeah. what ended up happening is she's, I don't even know how it started. I can't recall, but she made a, a comment about how abortion can be okay, you know, circumstantially, you know, for certain people who don't have the means to support this new life. And I said, no, not at all. That's not, <laughs> no, it's not accurate, right? So we debated it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we just went back and forth a little bit and she like conceit and then we jump to God and we talk about all these things about God and she's angry with God because of the circumstances of her life and a big thing with her too is how my grandmother died and really suffered from cancer when she mm. was young at 61 and how could that happen to Felicia and I was trying to explain like our suffering is a way that we are united to Christ and the saints knew that my grandmother knew that it's sanctifying right so we end up having this really great conversation and you know if I wasn't Beautiful. willing to engage yeah. with her, right? That's if awesome. I just wanted to ignore her. So I think the, um, you know, encountering the people we don't want to encounter, that takes humility, right? I want to do this or I right. don't want to do this, but let me humble myself and do an act of service here potentially. And I don't know, God surprises us, yeah. right? You know, it's so important too. Like if you invite, if you have a, like, um, like a large party like that and you have all kinds of people who don't necessarily know each other, like we've all been that one person who like got invited to the event. You're like, oh, I don't know anybody here. This is awesome. I'm just going to stay in the corner by myself. Like, because some people are great about just like, hi, I'm, we're going to be, we're going to be friends now, but that's not me at all, you know? So like, <laughs> like if, so if you're hosting one of these events, like look out and like, oh, they're not talking to anybody. Let me go chat with them for a minute or like introduce them to my other friend who they might like. And we did that. My sister had a, had a graduation party. My mom invited these two neighbors of ours. So, like, they're nice people, but we don't really talk to them. You know, she's friends with them, whatever. They don't know anybody. So I walked out, and everybody had, had grouped up, and they were just standing there. And I was like, well, this is, this is awful for them. So I went over and chat with them for, like, 10 minutes or whatever. And, like, they still talk to my mom about how, how, how nice that was. But it's just, like, it was like a dumb little thing that, like, makes people feel yeah. so much more seen. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think that goes closely connected. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on when Jesus says, you know, when you host a banquet, don't invite the rich. You know, don't invite your friends. He says, invite the poor. Is that even like feasible? Is that even possible to like invite, you know, just go out literally to like the poor? And I mean, maybe like, not hey, in day to day life, but we just did this actually at St. Charles Seminary, uh, where, I, where, I, where I go to seminary down in Philadelphia. Um, we have rector's dinners every Wednesday. So the whole seminary gets together for mass in the evening. And then we go in our cassocks, we go to the refectory and eat together like a nice meal. And the seminary is trying to focus on hospitality this year. So they, they, I forget who exactly they worked with. But they brought not just like poor people, but also some people who work in, who live in homes for like the mentally uh, disabled mm. or whatever. Mm. And so um, they invited them to mass, and then they invited them to dinner with us, and they s interspersed them among. They, none of them were at my table for whatever. For, I think they just didn't show up or whatever. But it was kind of nice, and it was kind of funny because at the end they were like, "Oh, like please, like let's you know, where's everybody from?" And some um, you know adults who were a little mentally disabled were like very excited and proud to tell us where they were living and everything. And it was just, it was sweet, mm. and it's like yeah, like. Um, this isn't just like a pretty place you drive by with a gate, right? It's like you are welcome here to come to Mass with us and eat with us. So it's good. That's nice. 
That is nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then certainly was it it was St. Benedict too. It was the Benedictines that are also one of their charisms is hospitality, right? Right. That's what yeah. I said. Yeah, that's what whatever I said. Guess that. Yeah. And so that's one of the things in Norcia you could part of their evangelization, besides having this monastery, was also bringing people in and then they would evangelize them or not, or just give them food and shelter. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a gift, and I think if you look, you can find people to do that with all the time. I mean, I know out when I was at St. John's Basilica in Stanford, there's always uh, Ernie, who's right there on the corner. Yeah, and there was another another uh, fellow, a Haitian fellow, who was always there with mm-hmm. the hat on. Yeah, and uh, and these are kind of people that you a lot of times we pass by, but like a hospital hospitable person would be like, hey, let's go get coffee. Love to hear a story. Mm-hmm. And I, a couple times I did chat with, with Ernie at, at great length, hearing his story. Is it always, he an older gentleman? Yeah, he's a little like older. Asking people for money yes. before every Mass? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I just sometimes get to know them because they're humans too. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of distrust there because people don't want to get scammed. And you don't know anyone's mental state, so you don't want to be attacked or anything, mm-hmm. especially if you're alone. Yeah. Um, so those are tough. Like, I feel uncomfortable, right, being addressed by him. And um, well, as a single woman, I, I could see. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's like daylight, about, like before mass, you know, like there's other people there, but it's just, you're like, oh, uh, you know, he's um, addressing me. Um and it's tough because it's like we're supposed to give money, but what are you going to do with this, right? And No, I don't think you have to give money. Well, we're supposed to give to the poor is what I mean. Sure. So so, so it's, tell them, after Mass, I'll take you out for coffee. Well, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, drink coffee, single, Father Joe. I, no, I mean, that would, <laughs> that would make me uncomfortable, right? Because well, now I'm having yeah, this longer interaction. I did give him money once, but... I don't even think I was that charitable about it. Like, I don't know. It's just an awkward you know, we tend to encounter, and I could be better at it, I think. Or even, do you ever get, see anybody, um, like, on the corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Panhandling. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I would not roll my window down and give somebody money. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that either. So I've started trying to be better about doing that, about doing that for people because, like, ultimately it doesn't actually matter for my sake what they're going to do with the money. That's like true. like when I empty my wallet to them, yes. no. That's the act of charity. Give, can I give them five or ten bucks? Like it's no skin off my back, and um, I don't know that they're gonna buy drugs with it. Maybe they're just legitimately poor. I like one guy, um, by where I go to the gym. Um, like you he, go to the gym sometimes. Oh, sorry, uh, he, would, um, <laughs> he would kind of hang out there, and he would ask he would ask for money or whatever. One time I I, I had I happened to have just been given like a five dollar Starbucks card, so I pulled up. I was like, hey, like you know, you want a Starbucks card? He's like, oh, thanks, yeah, I love coffee. But he's like, hey, like do you have any cash? I'm just trying to wash my clothes. Like I haven't been able to wash my clothes in a while. And like, is that true? I have no idea. But like, works for me. Like, give you five bucks, so you're gonna buy five dollars worth of drugs with this. What like that's really not my problem. <laughs> like you know, I'm doing as best I can here. So um, uh, we and I understand the tendency to not like, oh, I don't want to. Like, it's just gonna go to drugs. I get that. And like, I don't give them too much money. Maybe don't give it to everybody. Be discerning. But like, what's what harm happens to you if they misuse the money you're trying to be charitable with? That's my question. No, I I, I agree in theory. Uh, I mean, for me personally, and it, everybody has to discern that personally. For me, I will, you know, I'll say, look, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to give this donation to such and such a soup kitchen, which can offer you a meal today. Mm. That's what I would say. Yeah, because, because I love people. That is, food. that is, I the, think that's 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 a good thing. To that do. is the, that is the negative side. Is that if you give five dollars to him, that means five dollars you can't give to a soup kitchen, which is actually doing real good for the poor in the neighborhood. You know? Yeah, but I think we have a tendency to sort of sterilize our charity by give by outsourcing it to the professionals. 
That's true. Or make it more efficient. But, and also, isn't it sometimes uh, sterilization just to give five bucks so that we don't have to interact with this person any be. further? It can be. Mm. Yeah. That's why right. I think that um, you have to discern in the moment. And like this guy that I'm talking about is always there. And so like sometimes I look over and, I'm, and I don't stop. And other times I kind of feel like I should and I do. Like listen to your conscience, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's complicated. But I think the biggest theme is just simply to see every, every guest as Christ and practice that virtue of hospitality in today's modern world. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on 1350 Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and also 103.9 FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time for more Restless. Restless.